the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. So far here in New York City, and um, if you didn't vote today, then you are not uh, performing your American duty. People die all over the world to go out and vote. Um, I did so at 8 o'clock this morning. Here's the interesting thing. I Because I'm old school and I'm traditional, I vote on Election Day, and the people at my voting booth told me how smart I was because apparently there were huge lines all these days uh, this past week when you could do the early voting. Today on election day, there were there weren't any lines at all. I whizzed right in and out. It was a beautiful experience. Uh, and if you didn't vote today, then do me a favor: hold your opinion regarding politics to yourself. Just keep it to yourself because you kept your vote to yourself. So keep your opinion to yourself because people die have died in this country for your right to vote. People die all over the world for their right to vote. So if you didn't invoke your right to vote today, shame on you. Um, I thank my parents for in, uh, instilling in me that that obligation to definitely go out and vote, whether it's for the little school board election or the president of the United States or everything in between. I know uh, those of you list, just listened to my friend John Katz uh, before us. You heard a little bit from Alan Dershowitz, but I have better than Alan Dershowitz right in front of me. I have Imran Ansari, and he is the lawyer. He's the mastermind the the magician you may call him a magician who no 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 don't give him the he doesn't get the microphone he doesn't get the microphone no 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 I'm gonna let him suffer because he wants the microphone he's he's dying for that mic man he wants to be on the air he wants to take that victory lap and he deserves it he he absolutely deserves it because while in the middle of ruining my Disney vacation he uh he along with two other lawyers in uh, Boston, who are spectacular, uh, exquisite attorneys who I hope are going to be lifelong friends. Uh, They garnered the headlines that came out just a few hours ago, quote, reading from the New York Times, banner headlines, Epstein victim says she may have made a mistake in accusing Dershowitz. The sub-headline says Virginia Jufre, who was trafficked as a girl by the financer Jeffrey E. Epstein, had accused Alan Dershowitz, a law professor, of abusing her. Now she says she is no longer certain. That is the headline. And uh, I will tell you this, a lot of hard work, effort, and energy went into this. And, uh, of course, I'm just teasing my brother, Imran. He worked tirelessly on this. Um, He did a lot of the nuts and bolts work. To be candid with the audience, as I always am, I did much more of the psycho- the psychology work. 
Uh, I will just tell you this, that when these accusations first came uh, up in December of 2014, Professor Dershowitz was so distraught that I swiftly got an airline ticket with my son, Luca, right after uh, New Year's and went down to visit him in Florida. Uh, That's how upset he was. So today, putting this behind us, and uh, the the David Boyce case is settled as well, um, and to have two legal giants like Alan Dershowitz and David Boyce to have this off of their plate and off of their agenda. And hopefully uh, these two octogenarians can now focus on things to be much more productive in our society. So uh, Sam Bolin, give me one more round of applause for Imran because he likes that stuff. Can you, can you, I, I know I didn't give you enough of a heads up. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Imran Ansari. I am R-A-N-A-N-S-A-R-I. Um, and he's the mastermind. Did I forget something? Oh, with an H in the middle? Oh, Joan, correct me, with an H in the middle. But all kidding, I'm, I'm being a little facetious. We're, we are a little high on life here for a lot of reasons. We have an unbelievable show. I think we have five or seven guests. But uh, it is a tremendous burden off of uh, my shoulders and Imran's shoulders. It's so funny. We were just talking to co-counsel Howard Cooper, who just said, the lawyer should totally stay out of this. But, you know, hey, this is my radio show, Cooper. Sorry. Um <laughs> The, really, another reason why I'm excited is because now Imran's totally free. In other words, he's worked so hard on this Dershowitz case that he's, you know, he's always complaining how hard he works so hard, he works so hard, he works so hard. Like, you know, like I'm out there filing my nails and getting massages at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and he does work hard and he has worked hard. But now this huge case, this banner case in his career, it's gone. It's gone. And you know what he has now? A four-letter word. Time. T-I-M-E. And so Imran now is going to go into the courtroom because we have a slew of personal injury cases and he is going to bang those cases out, verdict after verdict, and these poor people who have been hit by cars or slipped on the banana peel in key food or fell down the stairs in Madison Square Garden, Imran is going to go in and he is going to secure justice in front of a jury and the only way to do that in a PI case is through financial compensation. So ladies and gentlemen, one more Sam Bolin, one more round of applause. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to Imran Ansari. If Lee Zeldin wins tonight, he will not get the accolades that Imran just got. Because here on the Idol Power Hour, we hand out justice equally. You all right, Imran? Oh, did I do okay? All right. All right. Now, I got to get to the seven guests we have here. I'm starting off today's... Look, we, we it's an exciting election day. Much more so than I think anyone anticipated even a month ago. Can Zeldin pull this off? What's going to go on in the, with the, the Congress? What's going to go on with the Senate? Let's bring in a, a true political expert, Scott Levinson of the Advanced Group. Good afternoon. Good evening, Mr. Levinson. How are you, sir? Good evening, Arthur. How are you? I am just Jim Dandy. So <clears throat> what does Scott Levinson have to say about Election Day 2022 here in the state of New York, the city of New York, the county of Nassau and Suffolk? What, what's up, Scott? Well, first thing, I want to go one better. If you haven't voted, both keep your opinions to yourself, and you still got three hours. Polls don't close in New York till 9, so if you haven't voted, you want to have an opinion, get out of your house, stop off on your way home from work, and vote. This is what's called pulling the vote. Pulling now. This is what's called a blind poll. So he doesn't know Scott if he's talking to Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals. It's a blind poll. Go ahead, Scott. Keep going. 
I mean, maybe yours is the NPR audience, but I suggest it's not necessarily totally <laughs> blind. I'm going to uh, suggest that I might well be done. pulling for the others, but that, that's that aside. It's semi-blind. Um, I will tell you anecdotally today, you're absolutely right. In New York, this gubernatorial race got far closer than uh, people expected it to be. Certainly, I expected it to be. The uh, From all reports out there, certainly in the suburbs and communities like southern Brooklyn, the fear element continues to dominate the voters' experience at the polls. And, you know, those of us who remember 79, remember 89, knows that contextually this city in many ways has been safer than ever before, but the fear factor is very real out there. And that has led to an enthusiasm level um, that people did not expect. All right, well, Scott, here's the deal. I, you've been so nice to tell me that you're going to come on with me again tomorrow when we have the results, we would assume, and we could do a little analysis. So I'm going to let you go for now, and um, you'll give us the, the real scoop tomorrow. From a, I mean, Scott has got I, – I'm going to date you a little bit – 30 years of uh, the advanced group of running uh, campaigns statewide, citywide, countywide. Uh, so, Scott, I'm going to let you go for now. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Cool? Thanks for having me, man. You're the best. Um, let's bring on John Ciampoli. He is a veteran election lawyer, but today he's actually a candidate for New York State Supreme Court judge in the 9th uh, Judicial District in Westchester, Putnam, Rockland, Orange, and Duchess. Tell me, John, how you feeling? You're the candidate. Uh, this election feels different for me than uh, any of the ones that I've experienced for the past 30-some-odd years uh, because I'm a candidate. Um, you know, it, it's been a good election season for me. Um, I've been Lee Zeldin's lawyer. Uh, I, I'm proud of the job he's doing out, out there on the campaign trail. And uh, I think we did really well for him in the courtroom because this year is the first year that the voters have a clear and crisp choice with only two candidates on the ballot. Is that because government. you knocked someone? Is that because you knocked someone off the ballot? How about a few of them? Uh, right. Now, John, yeah, is that a good it, thing it, for it, democracy it, or a bad thing by giving people m- less of a choice? Is that is that the way we should be going? Or well, um, if you look at if you look at, uh, at at how the great democracies uh, uh, across the world work, including our own, generally speaking, it's it's a a simple choice uh, between A and B. Okay, and and you have a range of views that are in the tenth of each of those major parties, uh, but but this allows for people not protest the the protest vote here. If you're not happy with with uh, how things are in this state, if you think the price of gas is too high, if you think taxes are too high, or you just you don't know if the taxes or or gas is too high because you're too afraid to go out on the streets, you now have a simple choice. Your your protest vote against that. Is goes to the the party out of power to Lee Zeldin. Um, well, I I mean I, I, I will tell you today. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Judge. I I know you're Go almost ahead. a judge. I hope. You know, today I will now, tell you I voted fix. for I, I voted for some candidates on the conservative line for for one reason 
to keep that line on the ballot because you are the expert in this field. But don't you have to get, I think, 50,000 votes in the governor's race in the state? to that was the law until Andrew Cuomo had it changed. Uh, He put in a budget bill, a law that raised the number that it's now between 120 and 150,000 votes. Okay, that is why you only have Republican, Democrat, conservative working families. You only have four parties. We used to have as many as eight. Right. The Green Party, this and that. Well, John Champoli, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you for educating us. You gave us a little uh, knowledge here. And uh, yeah. I guess you'll you'll find out tonight whether we're going to be calling you judge. And uh, that, before you get sworn in, we'll ask you to come truth. back on the show because once you're a judge, you can't come uh-huh. on the show. I'm hoping enough. I'm hoping enough of the voters smile. All right. God bless you. Good. Best of luck, John. All right. So let's talk about Connors and Sullivan because Joan gave me the printout for John, for Connors and Sullivan right here. And I, it's so nice of her to do that. Um, so we're going to just talk about them because we know them so well that we don't even need a script uh, because whether you're my age and you went to the doctor this morning to get a checkup and everything sounds good, you still got to wait for some blood tests, but everything looks like it's heading in the right direction. You're a little older or you're a little younger. You should have a will, maybe a trust, a power of attorney for sure, a healthcare proxy, a living will, or an estate plan. Because you never know. Like, in other words, a power of attorney, God forbid you break your leg, you're in a hospital bed, you can't go to the bank, you can't go here. I know everything's mobile now. But to have a piece of paper that you can give to someone you trust or your significant other to step up for you and act in your stead, it's definitely worth the while. And Connors and Sullivan, they're straight shooters. They're not going to... Give, sell you something that you don't need. The goal of Connors and Sullivan is to protect your rights and your interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. So visit them for a no obligation, free consultation. Call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney with their offices in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website at connorsandsullivan.com. And remember, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. The following is a paid political announcement. This is Frank Pallotta, Republican House candidate for Congress in New Jersey's 5th District. Have you seen the ads? The Democrats are spending millions calling me everything from a domestic terrorist to a white supremacist. None of this is true. I'm a successful businessman, political outsider, and a family man running on common sense values. I plan to stop wasteful spending, crack down on crime, and protect the rights of parents in our schools. While Josh Gottheimer claims to be a moderate, bipartisan problem solver, he is quite the opposite. Josh Gottheimer voted to raise your taxes twice. He voted to defund the police twice. And even the mainstream media says he's making millions of dollars trading stocks using insider information. That's the real Josh Gottheimer. While hardworking Americans struggle to keep up with rising costs and record inflation, Josh Gottheimer is getting rich in Washington on our backs. Election Day is Tuesday, November 8th. Help me fire Josh Gottheimer. Vote Frank Pallotta for Congress. I'm Frank Pallotta, and I approve this message. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. 
Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Power Hour with Arthur Idala. Come experience the all-new 2023 Mitsubishi PHEV, our plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. Bold, capable, electrifying. Reserve yours today. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Freehold Mitsubishi, just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. 732-863-2788. You'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming Or you'll sink like a stone For the times Are the times really changing? Sambolino? I mean, we don't know what's changing Okay, we're Profit over here, Sambolino, with the music <laughs> We don't know what's happening Let's, for let's go to someone who do, does know what's happening on the street, on the ground. It's Tuesday, even though it's Election Day Tuesday, and we hope you voted. If you haven't voted, as Scott Levin said, go out and vote. Um, Tom Harris. Tom, what's going on in the streets of Times Square? Arthur, thanks for having me. Yes, everyone needs to go out and vote. Times Square is, is, is alive. It's energized. Election nights are always uh, big in Times Square. I know um, ABC has has a footprint on Military Island, and they're going to be broadcasting results. And, and it's a place where, where people come in New York City to celebrate uh, in good times and to, to get together in not-so-good times. So, so hopefully tonight will be good for whatever side um, you voted for. Okay. And, you know, Congressman Selden is going crime, 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 crime. Real quick, how are we doing with crime in, uh, in Times Square? What's the update? So, so I, I think that we're doing better than most parts of the city, and that's because we're always focused on, on crime. Uh, the election has raised awareness of crime, uh, certainly crime, the economy, and inflation are the top three. Uh, safety and quality of life is existential to, to business, improvement di- business improvement districts and anyone who manages public space. So we're always hyper-focused. We work day in and day out with the members of the New York City Police Department. And the election, I think, has caused more of us to focus on our safety and the idea that we can be safer. I do, listen, I totally agree with you that uh, it, no matter what the outcome is tonight, that uh, you thought Eric Adams raised the bar about bringing uh, crime to the forefront of the conversation, uh, Lee Zeldin, and then he forced Congress, uh, he forced the governor to also speak about it as well. So no matter what the results, I think uh, you know the emphasis is, is has been appropriately placed. Tom, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for joining us on Times Square Tuesday. Keep up the great work. We'll see you in Times Square. Thanks, Arthur. Thanks. Thank you. See you in Times Square. Okay. Folks, we have a very special treat right now. Uh, you know, there are many guests that I get excited about, but some I get thrilled about. Uh, there are many fantastic talk show hosts out there, radio show hosts out there. Um, but if you want to know the greatest right now, the greatest talk radio host, he's about to come on. The, the greatest talk radio host who's on the air from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., 
in New York and Anchorage, Alaska. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Morano. Uh, I kept waiting and waiting and, uh, to hear who you were going to introduce, and then uh, I heard you specify uh, the 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. How are you, Arthur? Happy election. How, how, wait, hold on. How about, how about the Anchorage, Alaska part, brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. That's, that's, that's pretty good, though. I mean, Anchorage, Alaska, that's, I mean, that's, the truth is Frank's show uh, is on every night from 1 to 5. Uh, it's simulcast, and one of the, his new uh, stations is Anchorage, Alaska, and I have suggested to Mr. Morano that I think, you know, he should feel the, the, the aura of his new audience in Anchorage, Alaska. His son, the, the wonderful Carmine, and my daughter, the gorgeous Ariana, are uh, a week apart. They'll both be celebrating their one-year-old birthdays. Um, and I think we should tell our wives, look, it's, it's a mandatory work excursion to Anchorage, Alaska. I agree. Well, a market you... visit. A market visit. We'll bring, uh, you know, uh, Andrew Giuliani, who's, uh, whose daughter is, uh, is at oh, trial right. age as well, and uh, we'll get him to join as well. It'll be fun. Yeah. Like, uh, all three of us. That, that would be the, the scene of a great movie. So, Murano, you know, uh, one beautiful part about your show is as much of a political junkie as you are, you are a your show is a relief from the constant drone of politics on talk radio on all of the stations. Uh, there's really, and, and I'm talking about terrestrial radio. There's really no place on the dial to find relief um, from uh, just politics, politics, politics. When I was a kid, I used to listen to Joan Hamburg in the middle of the day every day. Arthur Schwartz on the radio talking about food talk every day. Uh, you know, those that's gone now. It's politics, politics, politics. What amazes me is you are such a student of politics, and yet your show is not really politically oriented. I mean, you touch on it, but you also touch about the stars and the moon and eclipses and episodes of the Twilight Zone and Ask Frank Anything and commendations and commend whatever. So, but now I'm going to pull you out of your shell. Let's talk about politics. Yeah, well, um, I, I appreciate you mentioning that. I, I think your show hits a lot of those same notes. Uh, we find ourselves listening uh, just about every day, uh, Carmine and I. And um, and I think you know it, it's just that there's just so much political talk on the uh, on the radio and on television that I feel like, uh, especially in the overnight hours, people need a little bit of a break. And you know, people it, things have just gotten so polarized that uh, folks are not even able to find common ground on anything. So I like to try and have and find common ground on uh, on other issues, like the debate over whether or not people uh, should be using a top sheet or not, or a pickleball, or any of a number okay, of other Okay, hold on, things. hold on, hold on, because that, I, I, I know we didn't discuss this, but Marianne and I, we go to battle over the top sheet. What's your position on the top sheet? I am pro top sheet, and this is one of the areas Me, that my Meaning wife, what? Uh, you, you, put, you put it over, you, you use the top sheet or you, you sleep on yeah, top of the top, top sheet? Yeah, we use the top sheet. Absolutely. Yeah, I use the top, top sheet, sheet too. Marianne is like, no, it makes me too hot. So we have the top sheet, and she's on top of the top sheet, and I'm under the top sheet. I mean, I, you know, it's important stuff on election night. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But obviously today, uh, this th I'm looking at the turnout numbers from here in New York City. They are through the roof. Uh, so uh, today we are going to be spending a great deal of time talking about the uh, the elections and, and its aftermath. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But yeah, uh, let's talk tonight, about Staten uh, Island and, and Brooklyn and that congressional seat. 
Yeah, well, that is not going to be uh, – I don't see that there being a lot of drama there. I think Maliotakis wins uh, pretty handily, uh, per, I, I think probably by at least 10 points. That's going to be a, a landslide. I mean, I think once the – you know, the, the legislature had gerrymandered that district to benefit the Democrats, and uh, had those lines remained in place, Max Rose would have been in a very good position to win that seat. But uh, the lines as they are now, it's, it's not going to be uh, competitive. I mean, it's competitive by uh, – uh, by the nature of what, what the rest of New York City looks like. But I see Nicole winning that by double digits. Now, I will tell you, um, I, I know both candidates. I know you're very close with Nicole. I'm not very close with either candidate, but I know them both. Um, I, I admire Max Rosen, his background, his history, his polyprep pedigree. Um, but I, I do. Well, yeah, and I, just, I, I admire his military service as well. Yes, um, absolutely. You know. um, but I, was I, I know for some Episcopo. people, going to polyprep is the be-all and end-all. Yeah, well, for many people, I mean, look at the graduates. Come on, me and Takapina. Um, and, and look who they threw out, Sid Rosenberg. I mean, you're going you're gonna to come down on a school that was smart enough to get rid of Rosenberg? Um, but uh, I, I was filling up Episcopal. I think it was like the morning after Nicole voted for Biden's infrastructure bill. And she was coming under a lot of heat. And I gave her a lot of credit because she did the right thing for her constituency, even though some of them didn't understand it, like, Oh, I'm a Republican. Why are you voting for a Democratic bill? Well, silly, if you actually saw what she voted for, it helps your neighborhood. It helps your community. It helped our city, at least allegedly. Am I incorrect in my analysis? Oh, no. Well, I mean, that's certainly my view. Certainly other uh, people may disagree. You know, that's the shame about the era that we're living in is if you're uh, if you're a conservative, there's so much pressure to just oppose everything just because it's a Biden initiative. And the same thing uh, if you're a liberal and uh, there's a, just a desire to oppose everything if it's a Trump initiative. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree. And the shame of it is like the 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 exact type of politician that we want in office, in my view, in both parties is people like Nicole Maliotakis and Andrew Garbarino, who are Republicans in the, uh, you know, in the, in the House, and Democrats like uh, Josh Gottheimer and uh, Connor Lamb uh, and others, and Max Rose when he was in office. And unfortunately, because there's only a handful of districts in the whole country that are competitive, the people that occupy those purple districts are likely to be the ones that are more willing to work across the aisle, to be bipartisan or nonpartisan, to take votes that go against their their party and unfortunately their reward from that for that is they get primaried uh, from right. their own party exactly. for not having right. positions that are left wing or right wing or not and then their reward for winning the primary is they get targeted and uh, hit with an onslaught of millions of dollars worth of campaign ads from the other side so we have a political system in both the primary and the general where there's every incentive in the world to not be bipartisan or nonpartisan and I think that's a shame and I think that's something that really needs to change. Uh, to well, change. Wherever people fall on the political spectrum, uh, that's one of the reasons I've always been for uh, some version of nonpartisan elections. Well, I am going to have Sal Albini's on the end of this show today, today, and we're going to touch on that because he's working on a project that, that, that highlights that. I agree with everything you said. I was speaking with our mutual friend, Anthony Weiner, uh, today. And he yeah, said, he's going to be with me on the radio for a couple I, hours tonight, actually. I'm, I'm well aware. Uh, he, he was very happy about that. He Big fan of yours. Well, who's not a fan of Morano? Stop it. Um, we, he was saying that we've become a society, and I think he was speaking nationally, where you're either on the red team or the blue team. It's like teams as opposed to, like, evaluating issues and voting. You know, I, Frank, I go in the voting booth. I zigzag all over the ballot. 
Oh, people same, I know. Same. And, and I, that's becoming rarer and rarer. Um, one, I think, and I'm going to bring this up with Wiener tonight, but I think he, he's an interesting um, messenger for that commentary because I, I'd love to know the last Republican that Anthony Wiener voted for, number one. Uh, number two, um, you know, those ticket splitters like you and me and who knows, maybe even Anthony Wiener, those are the folks that are going to determine some of the most watched races uh, in, in, in America tonight. Now, in Pennsylvania, it looks like there's a very good chance that uh, the Democrats are going to win the uh, governor's mansion and the Republicans are going to win the U.S. Senate seat. It, that means there is, at least in Pennsylvania, at least enough people that are voting Democrat for governor and then Republican for U.S. Senate that that will change the outcome. The same thing in New Hampshire. It looks like the Republicans are going to win the governor's mansion and the Democrats are going to win the U.S. Senate seat. So uh, in Georgia, same thing. I mean, it looks like the Republicans may end up winning both of those seats in Georgia, but uh, the Republican running for governor, he's going to win in a landslide and the Republican running for U.S. Senate, if he wins, he'll narrowly eke out a victory. So in a lot of these key states, uh, Georgia, New Hampshire, uh, you know, go, go down the line, um, Arizona, there are these ticket splitters. Uh, there are fewer and fewer of them, but there are these ticket splitters that are going to determine the outcome. The Murano of and Idala ticket splitters. Murano, before you go, I know you got to prep for your show. Here's the big question. I know you don't make predictions. I listen to your show enough. You're not going to make a, a call on the race. Am I correct? Well, the no, governor's I'll make race. It, but I, I I don't have that much of a great track okay. record. Well, here, no, here's my here's my question: If Lee Zeldin loses mm-hmm. next Monday, will he still get a commendation, or will he get denounced on Friday? Well, I get, no, I wouldn't denounce someone for losing an election. I give a lot of credit to anybody uh, that uh, runs for office because it takes an enormous toll, as you know, having run for office in a competitive uh, seat. Uh, it takes an enormous toll not only on someone's life but on someone's family. Uh, so I give a lot of credit uh, to people that put their sel- themselves out there. Put okay, all so to file to me, I hate to cut you off, but I'm up against the break. To be sure. filed under Ask Frank Anything on a Tuesday, a special Tuesday, would Frank Morano ever consider consider running for public office based on what you just said a moment well, ago? I, I, I would if we had nonpartisan elections. Unfortunately, you know, being not a Republican or a Democrat, and I'm not going to join the Republican or Democratic Party anytime soon, um, we have a system where it's almost impossible for an independent to get elected. If we had nonpartisan elections, I would absolutely uh, run for uh, run for elective office. I'd love to do that. Well, Frank, you're going to have a great show tonight. I, I'm sure I will be listening in the wee hours. You keep my mother up at night, uh, as many as, as thousands of others. I know you're so successful. You're, you're, and somehow well, or another, you're through very... this world of radio, you've become one of my closest, dearest friends who I enjoy speaking to when I'm on my way home from work at 11 o'clock at night and you're, you're on your way into work at 11 o'clock at night. Well, so, you're very kind to say that, and uh, I, you got to give my best to uh, our mutual uh, mutual friend Sal Albanese. And uh, I wish there were a whole lot more Democrats uh, like Sal Albanese running for office this year. Uh, people that are supportive of the police and people that uh, understand that crime is not a perception problem, a real problem. It's always a treat to talk with you, my friend. I look forward to uh, doing Friday morning office Bloody Mary sometime soon. Uh, Ah, only if I'm lucky. All right, folks, you heard the great Frank Morano. He's broadcasted in New York and Anchorage, Alaska, as much as as well as other places all around the country. We are going to take a quick break. We're coming back with Frank Sedio and then Sal Albanese. You want to know about real politics? These are two hardcore real politicians. Be right back. <sighs> that was fun. I, you know, and I'm, I'm going to talk to you about New York cruises and the Atlantis. And guess who was the first person who invited me onto the Atlantis? Frank Morano. <laughs> 
Yes, when Frank Morano was here on AM 970, The Answer, he still is here bouncing around with, with Katsimatidis. Um, but when he was running Piscopo's show, uh, he said, you know, we're going to do this client cruise and you should come on. And he got me invited. And I don't know, that was eight, nine years ago. Um, it's an awesome place to have a party. I don't know how else to tell you that. You know, I talked to you about Rhino Shield. I talked to you about the Columbus Citizens Foundation. I talked to you about court reporters. These are all things. I talked to you about Connors and Sullivan. These are all things that I have personal experience with. And uh, Captain Fred and his team, the staff, they're so nice. They help you on and off the boat. And, you know, people are like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm like trapped for three hours. Trust me, you do not feel trapped. You actually feel sad when you pull into the dock and it's time to get off the ship. And I, I say that from the bottom of my heart. The experience of pulling up in front of the Statue of Liberty is awesome. And I've been on the ship, rain or shine, and it is a spectacular experience either way. Think about it if there's a little drizzle and you're right there, your feet away from the Statue of Liberty, all lit up, and you're looking at the skyline. It is, it's exhilarating. Call New York Cruises Get on the Atlantis, whether you can do it for the holidays, uh, an engagement, an anniversary, reunion, retirement, birthday, bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah, you name it. Just get on that ship. Call 212-633-1231, 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today. Hi, Kevin McCullough, and tonight at 7, we continue with the stellar broadcast and election coverage of Decision 22. You'll hear from John Katsimatidis at 5, Arthur Idala at 6, but we continue with an exclusive sit-down with the man who wants to be governor. Lee Zeldin will be with me tonight at 7 as we continue live from AM 970, The Answer. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com The following is a paid political announcement. Stop. Look around. Can you call this a smashing success of the ruling Democrat Party? A triumphant presidency? Think. What's left of our country, our city, our American dream? It's you, the American citizen. Your vote. We, the people. Vote Republican. This is not a joke. November 8th for safety and security, prosperity and common sense. Not a single vote to the Democrat Party. I am Yuri Dashevsky, your Republican and Conservative Party's candidate for the U.S. Congress. I approve this message. Yuri4US.com Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Power Hour with Arthur Idala, a new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want styling and value are looking at the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander and finding Mitsubishi's industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty and available seven-passenger seating makes Outlander an outstanding choice. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for best selection. Let's go. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Oh, I can't believe we only have half a show left. We have so much to talk about. We're going to go from one great Frank to another great Frank, one from the island of Staten and one from the great borough of Kings, a king himself, the honorable, and will rise, Frank Sedio. What's up, Uncle Frank? 
Arthur, a lot of pleasure again. You had all the rest, so now you're getting the best. So That's it. I'm with lot. you. You've heard, you've heard a lot about the governor's race. People forget the other two base kept secrets, attorney general and New York State controller. I believe and I predict, Tom, that Napoli is going to get the most votes of anybody. What a lot of people don't realize in New York State, the largest voting group on the general elections are Italian-Americans. And I suspect Tom's going to do fabulous not only with that group, but with so many others, but it's such a good So then, guy. Uncle Frank, if, if, course, that, if that's the truth, hold on. If that's the truth, what you just said, then how come you never ran me statewide? How come you never said, Arthur, let's run you statewide for attorney general? You're a lawyer. You're a great lawyer. Let's run you statewide. You have the Napoli Idala, and, you know, we'll, we'll find some other Italian to be governor again. <laughs> it would have been nice, but what are we running you for? I mean, dog catcher isn't up this year. <laughs> That's very nice. I'll tell Lenny that next time you're going to L and B to make your portion a little smaller. Tell me what's going on in Brooklyn today. What's the big races in election day? Well, I think I'm telling you, I'm looking at the turnout all day and talking with the board of election. The numbers are phenomenal in New York City, and I'm predicting Kathy Hochul will win this uh, maybe fifty-one, forty-nine, fifty-two, forty-eight. Those are the kind of numbers I think we're going to see tonight in her win. And, uh, well, that's a lot closer than she could. Been disappointed in her campaign, not in her, but in the way they presented this campaign and have not given her the ability to, to be the person she really is, which is a fabulous middle-of-the-road, honest-to-God, common-sense Democrat. And we'll see that, I hope, in the term coming up once she's in office. But, Frank, let's, let's just lose. talk about that. Let's just talk about that for one second because – you know, that's kind of how Biden started off. But then I think once he became president, he realized, like, if I'm this middle of the road guy, I'm not going to get anything done with the with the Democratic caucus in, in with the Democrats in Congress. So I have to lean harder to the left, whereas Clinton was in the opposition. He got in and he had to lean harder to the right. I mean, I think Hochul. I mean, I look at the Queens District Attorney's race where Melinda Katz almost lost to Tiffany Caban, who basically wanted to, like, disband the DA's office, right? The hard left came out so strong. I understand that was in a Democratic primary. But today, in today's day and age, I mean, you've been a, Demo- a leader in the Democratic Party for decades, literally decades. Has the Democratic Party that comes out to vote, the voters of the Democratic Party, have they gone so far to the left that Kathy Hochul had to lean harder to the left than her real uh, makeup would allow her, would normally put her out there? I think that the campaign pushed her in that direction. There was always a concern about bringing out the New York City vote, which I feel was misinterpreted as a super liberal vote, progressive vote. And certainly there are a lot of progressives in the party. But in the general election, uh, believe me, my experience is black, white, Asian, uh, Italian, Irish, whatever ethnic group you are, everyone cares about safety. And I don't think that Governor Hochul got the chance to really bring that out the way she should. And unlike Biden, he ran as the middle of the road guy. Uh, she, unfortunately, uh, seemed to have a number of positions that wound up being uh, more liberal and more progressive. And I believe she actually is as a person. It's another factor, too. She had uh, a lot of people don't realize it's not a magic formula to change a lot of the things that you want to do in New York State. There's a little thing called the legislature that's required to be a part of it. <laughs> but a lot of people don't realize is you have to get the Senate and the Assembly to support you to get those things done. What Kathy's going to have next year 
and I'm sorry to say, of course, it's costing us moderate Democrats. A lot of the Democratic state Senate seats that have given them that supermajority are going to be lost to Republicans. And but that the other side of that is that they won't have a veto-proof uh, uh, ability in the coming term, because that will take that away from the Senate, and that will give her the opportunity to start looking at things in a more common sense way. Frank, is and there finally, is there any the chance real issue she has is is what she can do to change the uh, the bail laws and make the amendments to that. And Frank, is there any, let me, let, Frank, let me interrupt you one second because this is important. Is there any chance that the Republicans win the New York State Senate? Uh, I, they can't win the Senate, but they're going to take, I believe, uh, certainly they're going to sweep Long Island, and I think they have a chance for one or two others. So they may take four, five. That's not enough to carry because there's 41. And in the last blue wave, there were 41 Democratic senators. Remember, there's only 63 uh, senators, so you need 32 to have the majority. And that will still leave the uh, the Democrats with about 35, 36 but they won't uh, have what's called they won't have what's called the supermajority. And Frank, just take sixty seconds to educate people. What does that mean when a New York State Senate has a, one side or the other has a supermajority? Well, to start with, a supermajority means that you have enough votes to override any veto that the governor would give to any bill. Uh, so, in the, for instance, in the Assembly, there's a hundred and five Democrats in, in that body. And you need more, and and they can do an override in the Senate. They would need forty-two, and they're going to lose that that opportunity now. So that would take the majority away. And it would mean that the governor can now veto a bill without fear of her being overridden in some embarrassing circumstances. I got you. So it so it is a big it is a big deal. So it's a big deal to to lose that supermajority. And while I'm sorry to say, it's the moderate Democrats that we're going to lose but they'll be replaced by Republicans. Okay. Well, I, I don't exactly know how to handle that. But real quick, in my neighborhood in South Brooklyn, uh, what's going on? Anything? Uh, Maliotakis is going to beat Rose. That's what everyone is saying. Uh, what yeah, other, they, what the other Democratic National Committee pulled out of his campaign. So, yeah, that was an indication that they didn't see a win in that case. And uh, Maliotakis is going to be, uh, be the only is, Republican. Is there, is there, is there anything else in the, sta- in the city? Is there anyone else we need to look around? And then is there any stuff? Uh, I do. I think there's a possibility in that new state Senate seat that they created, which is an Asian seat, as they call, call it. And there's a possibility that the Republicans can win that as well. There's some strong feelings on that. There's also a possibility that the, um, the assembly seat uh, that's now held uh, by uh, Peter Abadi can possibly be overturned because there's a large Asian community in that district. And they absolutely feel... Uh, Certainly, they don't feel as strong for the Democratic Party as they once did. So we're finding right. that that's more of a Republican and the Orthodox Jewish community, right. which is Listen. also going to be a Republican vote. All right. Frank Sedio, I mean, you're getting it from I, I, I don't I'll never call him a horse, uh, but you're getting it from the horse's mouth because sedio has been on the ground looking at numbers uh, for decades and he knows how to interpret things. So he's uh, predicting a, a win for the current governor. And uh, this losing the uh, the supermajority being lost by the Democrats up in Albany, which could allow whomever the governor is push through some serious legislation. Thank you, Uncle Frank. I'll be seeing you real soon. You're the best. Look forward to it, Arthur. Good luck for today.
Thank you. We're coming back with City Councilman Sal Albanese, who's got some great ideas on how we should be voting uh, in the future. And he'll also do his own political analysis. I think Councilman Albanese for 15 years, two mayoral campaigns. I think he knows one congressional campaign. I think he knows a thing or two about politics. Don't go anyway. Would you like a career in the legal field? Field, Yeah, not the feld, the field, making great money without having to go to law school? Could you imagine? You know, Sal Albanese went to law school like 40 years old. Uh, that was, you know, not an easy thing to do. So did my Uncle Angelo. Um, now, what am I talking about, about getting being in the legal field without going to law school? Court reporting. Yep, it's a high-powered and lucrative career that you really do need to know about. And I will tell you, us lawyers, we have a tremendous amount of respect for the court reporters because they have a lot of control over a lot of aspects of it. I'm going to have uh, someone from Plaza College on the show to really talk about court reporting and what it's all about. And maybe even someone who's the head of the uh, court reporters, uh, unionist, whatever that's called, because it is a fascinating field. Um Court systems, schools, television stations, they're all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. And the NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Power Hour with Arthur Idala. Come experience the all-new 2023 Mitsubishi PHEV, our plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. Bold, capable, electrifying. Reserve yours today. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Freehold Mitsubishi, just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. 732-863-2788. The following is a paid political announcement. Bergen County is going the wrong way. Higher taxes. Bloated budgets. Unnecessary shutdowns. Skyrocketing crime rates. Radical political indoctrination over parents' rights. Had enough? Todd Caliguire, Doug Holden, Ronald Lynn, and Deirdre Paul have a plan to save Bergen County. Shrink the size of the budget and cut property taxes. Put parents and children first. Support law enforcement and govern transparently and honestly. Todd Caliguire for County Executive. Doug Holden, Ronald Lynn, and Deirdre Paul for County Commissioner. Common sense to save Bergen County. Paid for by Dr. Doug Holden Victory Fund. I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean jorts. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer.
Albanese is always trying to cause a revolution. He did it when he was the one who ruined the city council by saying, it's going to be a full-time job. It's going to be a full-time job. And then, of course, you lost all the lawyers. You lost everyone. Everyone followed Sal's lead. And now it's a full-time job with a, with, a, with a cap of a salary. And, Sal, I will tell you this. The quality of representation in the city council is Nowhere near what it was when you were there in 82, 84, 86, 87, 88, when you had people who were professionals and city council people at the same time. You ran on the platform of being a full-time councilman, and eventually the law was changed where you had to be a full-time council person. And if you look at today and go back and look at the roster from the mid-80s when you were there, you can't tell me that the quality of representation is the same today as it was then. First of all, Arthur, congrats on your program. Very exciting. And uh, Second of all, everyone should know I love Sal Albanese since I'm 15 years old, but go ahead. I love the music. Uh, <laughs> let me say this. I, I happen to agree with you that the city council's quality has diminished over the years, but it has nothing to do with, uh, with full-time, part-time. I think what it has to do with is the fact that a lot of very, very sharp people, professional folks, who, who just want to serve for a short period of time are just not going into politics. Politics has turned a lot of people off for a variety of reasons. One of them is that the, the political system is broken. I mean, it's just got to be totally revamped. I compare it to a bankrupt corporation um, that has to be reorganized and, and make, it, make it accountable to people, uh, enhance voter turnout, um, and, and also we have to we have to ensure that people are held accountable. Right now, one of the things I'm working on, as you know, is I'm, I'm heading a group called New Yorkers for Competitive Election. We need competitive elections, and we don't have that in New York City, especially general elections. So uh, these closed primaries are killing us, and I am I'm part of a national movement to open up primaries where we have a primary where everyone is able to vote, including the 1.2 million independents in New York City, by the way. And then uh, the top five in a single ballot primary, no matter what party, no matter what, uh, 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 if they're in a party, not in a party, the parties will still play a major role, obviously. We'll move on to the general election, and then we will kick in ranked choice voting. We have ranked choice voting now. As you know, I was on the Charter Commission. We passed ranked choice voting. It's a very good reform, but it's still... It's still not enough. We need we need to go uh, and have competitive general elections, and we need to open up the primaries. Author, twenty five percent of registered voters in New York City are independents, and they're they're locked out of the most important election. Sal, Sal you know you know I remember one of the races when I don't know you got knocked off the ballot. Didn't we have to go find the independents to go vote for you or write you in or something like that? Yeah, yeah, we, we had a. We had to we had to get back on the ballot. Uh, yes, that was. And we had to find the independence in Bay Ridge. Through a write-in, there's a lot of independence out there. As a matter of fact, it's the fastest-growing voting demographic in the city and in the country. And by the way, on the ballot tonight in Nevada is the exact same thing. It's called Final Five. And by the way, we have a website, Final Five 
Finalfive.nyc, Finalfive.nyc. Now, Murano, Murano, who loves you and is a big fan of yours, he thinks that it, it's too confusing to the voters and it may be too uh, costly. I Murano's heard, wrong? Murano's totally wrong. I, I heard, I heard, <laughs> I heard, I heard that uh, being. He's very rarely out. wrong, Sally. He's very rarely wrong, Murano. Well, he's wrong. He's wrong now. I mean, he, endo- he endorsed you for mayor. Well, uh, he's wrong. I, I, look, Frank is a bright guy. He's just he's just wrong on this. First of all, Frank is a champion of nonpartisan elections. Right? It's exactly what we're doing here. We're, we're we are having if this thing passes, it has to get on the ballot first in 2023. If it passes, we have nonpartisan elections. That's exactly what Frank's been pushing for years. He doesn't like the final five. I, I'm still confused as to, as to why. There's a lot of evidence. But By the way, uh, uh, Mark Cuban um, just came out for final five. Uh, it's been endorsed by uh, a number of law school professors at NYU. It's got a huge amount. If you go to my website, you'll see all the articles. What is your website, written. Sal? It's finalfive.nyc. Finalfive.nyc. I okay, see. I gave you the commercial for the end, for the thing. Here's what I want. We got two minutes left. The producers in my ear. We have a hard well, out at six fifty seven. Yeah. I know they're going to throw you out. I understand. No, I, here's what I want. Do me a favor. Give the voters an inside. You've run citywide several times, uh, borough wide, not borough wide, but city council wide, congressional wide. What is the candidate feeling right now? What is Zeldin feeling? What is what, what is the governor feeling? You know, it's seven o'clock, election night. You've been working for years. What's the what's the feeling that Sal Albanese would have at this time? It's a or would you just be drinking with Gene O'Donnell? It's a it's a combination of excitement and also anxiety uh, and, and wondering what the outcome is going to be, you know, uh, losing hurts. And uh, in these close races, and by the way, many of these races, especially the ones in, in New York and some across the country are very tight. So you're very, very nervous. Butterflies, thinking about your concession speech or your victory speech. So you're working on that as well. You're concerned about your family, you know, the, well, the first time Sal ran for uh, mayor in 97, I ran for his seat. And the next morning when I lost, I went right to his house and had breakfast with him and Lorraine. And uh, I think your mother was up and down the steps. Uh, that's how close Sal and I have been well, over you, the years. You ran a great race. and I mean, you you were uh, I mean, you were a great intern. I remember when you were 15 years old, you were working in my office. <laughs> yeah, we were having a good time. <clears throat> Sal, I want you to come back on and talk about the top five. And I'm going to put Murano on with you and we can have a little debate. How about that? Love to talk to Frank about it. All right. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, right. on the live from New York on the Author Dollar Power Hour, congratulations to all the candidates who ran, whomever the winners are. Congratulations to Alan Dershowitz for putting this messy legal suit behind him. And we'll be back tomorrow night with some great guests doing some le- some election analysis. See you tomorrow. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.